Do you think about making dynasty trades even while watching football games? Are you thinking of player values when you should be thinking of family values? Then you may have a trading problem. Don't worry, you're not alone. I am Dynasty Outhouse and I have a trading problem. And I'm Brian Haar and I also have a trading problem. Join us for the Trade Addicts podcast where you can be with like-minded people and talk about everything in the NFL in the context of dynasty trade values. News and notes, make amends, keep trade buys, all these things we will cover every week. And don't forget Trade Addicts trades. So when you're done listening to this fine DLF family podcast, please tune into the trade addicts podcast thank you and enjoy your podcast dynastyweekfootball.com and the dlf family of podcasts that's James the Brain. Larry Fitzgerald's coming back for one more season, John, which means you get to hear for another year about what a technician he is. That's Bobby Koch, the Travis the Beard. Do you guys want to hear a joke about construction? I'm still working on it. <laughs> nice. Nice. That was strong. That's Dynasty Outhouse, the Dynasty Outhouse. I don't know if you guys can see, but I have this bronze medal hanging around my neck because I wasn't good enough by myself. They brought in Bobby. On Twitter, James says that they're going to save Stompy for the All-Pro show. So you're looking at number three choice over here, everybody. I, I but what, I, all right, but what, all right, I have no defense. I, let's just go. God, I tried to open the parachute and an anvil came out. I am John, just for the trade of it, Diet Hogue, and this is a Super Flex Super Show. One game left in the 2018 NFL season in which those underdog Patriots overcome all odds to win their sixth title. I really don't want to talk about it, but now, yes. that, now that the season is over for all but two teams... It's time for a trade show so we can get our player and pick values calibrated for, what is it, Russ, the non-point scoring season? Non-point scoring season, right? We're, we're gonna trademarking that, that. Yeah, we're going to make that stick, man. I like that. I like that, too. So as you can see, we brought in two absolute ringers to help us with this trade show. Last week, we uh, took our first shot at matchmaking for the year, playing Tinderflex with Matt Price. And it turns out that you cannot catfish a zookeeper because catfish are among his specialties. This week, though, the match has already been made. The bromance has been in full bloom on Twitter. (laughs) Tonight, all we have to do is dim the lights, light the candles, turn the music down nice and low, and tap into the chemistry of the Dynasty Outhouse and Mr. Wreck himself, Robert E. Bobby Koch. Bobby, let's start with you since you're you're doing a Travis impression that not even <laughs> Travis can match. So, Rec, tell the beautiful people where they can find your work. I know you've well, got a couple of articles in the works, and uh, some have already been published. What what all do you got going right now? You can find me running the Superflex ADP mocks for DLF football. Oh, wait, that's Travis. <laughs> so you can find me on DLF football writing some articles. I just wrote uh, a few super 
Smash Brothers comparisons of quarterbacks for two quarterbacks. And you can find me on Twitter until about Monday when I go back to grad school. Ah, man. The time was just way too short. And uh, I don't know how you're going to find time to go to grad school while you're also cleaning pools and talking about Eric Ebron all over the greater (laughs) Phoenix area. It's going to be tough. I'm going to have a very long commute. (laughs) And Outhouse. Mr. Outhouse. Mr. Mr. Outhouse Outhouse. was my father. (laughs) Outhouse Jr. And the owner of every single burner account in Twitter history, by the way. Uh, I I pay good money for those accounts. That that troll that I spent the entire weekend arguing with, I'm still convinced that that was that was just you messing with me on on Josh Rosen. But I I don't I don't have the energy to keep up as long as that guy was going. That was <laughs> insane. Like he had that was probably multiple people trolling you under one account. <laughs> yeah, probably. Uh, all right. So the trades junkie, the host of the Trade Addicts podcast, and we. I mean, above all else, man, we've got to hear the intro, uh, which will explain just in and of itself why you're here to help us with these listener trades. Oh, well, I mean, I'm Dynasty Outhouse, and I have a trading problem. There it is. And a uh, trading solution to uh, every one of these trades. That's why That's why we brought these guys in, James. Nice transition. I like it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, we brought in the ringers here, which I mean, we did last week with Matt Price on Tinderflex, so it's it's only it's only fair that we bring in the ringers on uh, on a trades episode and get our butts handed to us this way as well. So I mean, we're we're off to a great start, John. Yeah, seriously. So yeah, we've got we've got one of the trade addicts. We've got Bobby. Won't if you ask Bobby what his superpower is, he'll tell you that it's actually superpowers, and and that's probably fair. I mean. A lot of his articles end up uh, identifying the superpowers of various quarterbacks and uh, comparing them to superheroes, Super Smash Brothers characters. So it, it's it's definitely right there. But to me, one of Bobby's absolute superpowers is player values. He's one of the first people that I like to go to to talk about player values. So, yeah, between the two of these guys... I think that we're in for one hell of a show. We got all kinds of listener questions that came in. You can always send us your trades on Twitter at Superflex Show. Send it to any one of us individually. I'm at Superflex Dude. James is at underscore James the Brain. Travis is at Travis NFL. Bobby is at R E K E D Wrecked Fantasy. And Russ is at Dynasty Outhouse. And every last one of us would be happy to help with these and sometimes even bring them right here on the podcast or on various podcasts throughout the podcast universe. But we've got a bunch of them to get through here today, and we're going to try and get through as many of them as we possibly can. So let's get to it here, boys. This first this first trade came from loading really slow. Making me look bad in front of my friends. Come on, Twitter. All right. What is this, amateur hour? I know. <laughs> From at MGZeus11, we have a 12-team, 2QB PPR league. 
One side, Carrion Johnson. The other side, Tyler Boyd, James White, and the 301. Just real quick, did we change over to the trade.x feed? What happened there? He started hosting for you, John. I just got power moved big time. I was helping a brother out. That's what I was doing. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Uh, He he didn't want to leave you hanging. That was awfully clutch. I've just been replaced as America's podcast host, I think. Listen, only one person here has hosted the other person's show before and oh, I don't not start host show. don't start with that you're gonna you're gonna uh, start all sorts of fights oh it's so true it's so true um yeah so anyways <laughs> carry on johnson or tyler boyd james white in 3.01 this is a two quarterback league ppr and let's start with let's start with outhouse i am agreeing with twitter on this one do you want to say what twitter did now or wait till we're done do you care uh, we'll, uh, yeah, we'll say after we, uh, we get through everyone's thoughts. Well, he just gave it. All right. Well, I screwed that away. So <laughs> either you're either, either we'll save that for next time or you're editing that out. Um, <laughs> well, I'm going to take carry on Johnson here. Uh, I am late to the train, but I am on the carry on hype train about him being awesome next year. Cause he was awesome this year towards the end before he got hurt. I love Tyler Boyd. I have him on way too many teams at this point. James White and the 301 are sadly throwaways right now. And carry on is just worth a decent amount more than Boyd. Uh, I'm not even going to throw roster dependent out there. I think I want carry on pretty easily right here. So we're going to have our first uh, already disagreement, I can see. So I really like carry on too, but Boyd and carry on are pretty close for me. Uh, Boyd had that typical three-year breakout where he was an afterthought. He's one of the biggest dynasty risers in terms of ADP this past season. And AJ Green, while I love him, isn't getting any younger and he keeps getting injured. So I could see Boyd being the future for the Bengals and continuing this breakout. James White, I don't agree with the characterization of being a throwaway. He gets all these receptions and generally has kind of flexish value. The 301 might be a throwaway, but in combination, it's a out even and i might even i think i'm leaning the boyd side break the tie james wow yeah um well but my my whole take on it is i'm not high on boyd um i i don't buy into the breakthrough i don't know that that carries over especially with the new coaching staff i don't know how they view boyd and i i just Man, I, I just didn't see any flashes from him really until, boom, he just kind of came on the scene. He kind of burst onto the scene. And and so I'm not buying I'm not buying Boyd. And so that's why I'm going to side with the carry-on side. I do like James White a little bit as well, Bobby, though. I don't think that's a throwaway. And the 3.01 in a 2QB league has a little bit more value just because a lot of that positional players are going to be pushed down when people are taking quarterbacks. So the 3.01 might have a little bit more value than normal, but it's still a later pick that I'm, I wouldn't sway me one way or the other. So I'm, I'm going to side with carry on here. I, I like carry on as a player. I think uh, I agree with outhouse. He came on late um, before he got hurt. Uh, and I, I kind of buy him now more than I did previously when he uh, first was drafted to Detroit. So I'll, I'll, I'll go carry on. What about you, John? Uh, I better abstain from this one, otherwise we're going to end up with a tie and uh, be working on this one forever. <laughs> well, Twitter technically breaks the tie, so... There you go. Tw- yeah, yeah, Twitter always has it right, so... I don't Can know, I just I don't add know why one thing? Even... 
Yeah, definitely. I'm being Travis and talking over John, so that's my <laughs> role here. But in you his rookie you season... Tra- Travis, I mean, Bobby, you can't argue with me when I agreed with you. <laughs> Fair <laughs> enough. But in his, uh, in his rookie season, Tyler Boyd did have over 600 receiving yards, and he did see a good amount of volume this season. So it's not like he hasn't shown some signs before. Uh, he did have a very down sophomore year, but I really do think that it's not. I don't necessarily think he's going to be an a thousand yard guy every season, but he is only twenty five heading into the next season. So I don't know. I believe in him more than you guys do. And if this is how people are feeling, I feel like I should send out some trade offers. So, so with James, with uh, James White, with a healthy Burkhead and a healthy Michelle, James White went from scoring about twenty eight points a week to luckily scoring eight points a week. We really think he's going to be something going forward. I mean, the Patriots' backfield is always messy, and James White has consistently been a pass-catching option for them. Although I agree that uh, Sony or Burkhead could take over his role, but I just disagree with the characterization that he's nothing. I didn't say he was nothing. I said he was a throw-in. You said he was a throw-away, unless I misheard you. I'm going to say yes, not remembering at all what I said. (laughs) Fair enough, but... Yeah, that's all. I know we have a bunch of trades to get through. I won't add too much on because I could go on. Oh, yeah, going, going quickly is something I'm not good at, so we might be here for a while. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll see. Some of these might be slam dunks. That's that's kind of what we're counting on. But this one obviously was not tied 2-2. Two to two. Twitter has it nearly 2-1 to one in favor of Carryon Johnson. Either way, I think it's closer than that. But yeah. Uh, yeah, so next one. Seriously, have to load faster than this. This is not going to work. Okay, here we go. This one's from Fantasy Hacker SD. It's a PPR Superflex League. And it's Sam Darnold and a 2021st for Dalvin Cook and a 2019 third. Start with you, Bobby. Uh, this is a pretty easy one for me. I love Dalvin, but in a super flex, I'm going with the young quarterback who showed some flashes towards the end of the season and the 21st, which uh, everyone has been talking up as a class, and you could either get another quarterback if you need it there, or possibly I've heard some good things about that running back class. I know, John, we talk about this all the time, but I love using rookie picks to try to hit on running backs. So as much as I love Dalvin, I'd much rather take the chance on the quarterback there. Yeah, I agree with Bobby. Um, everything you said, Bobby, I, I would take the Darnold side for all those reasons. Um, 2020 class is loaded at running back. If you're getting rid of Dalvin Cook and you can sustain for one year, you get a high upside young quarterback in Sam Darnold, and you get a 2021st that you can turn into a running back with high upside like I think Dalvin Cook has. So. Um, yeah, I, I think it's pretty easily the Darnold side for me in a in a super flex. All right, so maybe this will go a little quickly because, yeah, what they said. <laughs> 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 well, technically, I have Dalvin Cook ranked quite a bit ahead of Sam Darnold in my uh, super flex 2QB rankings. You can find them at DynastyLeagueFootball.com. Ka-ching. Uh, <laughs> but... I, yeah, in this case, that 2021st also, you know, that that gives you the opportunity once Sam Darnold, you know, breaks out and peaks, then that 2021st, like Bobby said, that can be that, that running back that complements your, your roster at the perfect time. 
so we can sweep that one. That's nice <laughs> and easy. That was nice actually really easy. close on Twitter, though. That was, what yeah, was like, 5248? Yeah, 5248 on Twitter. And, you can't uh, trust Twitter on Superflex Pulse. I'm just putting that out there. <laughs> the hey, yeah. you can always yeah. trust Twitter. <laughs> for, for everything. <laughs> Number one news source. All right, next one from at of underscore TDs. Lots of TDs. Uh, what side of this deal would you prefer in a Dynasty Superflex half PPR? And it's Ezekiel Elliott for a, the 2019 1.07, the 2019 1.13, 1, the 13th pick of the first round. For God's sakes, what? I, I don't. It might be a 14 teamer, but it's what most people think of as 201. Yeah, yeah. There you go. A 2021st, Ronald Jones and Will Fuller. What do you got, James? Yeah, I, I think it's pretty easy, the Zeke side for me. I mean, you're getting a guaranteed mid-first and a late-first. You have no idea where that 2021st is going to be. You're getting an unproven guy in Ronald Jones. As much as I love Ronald Jones, he proved absolutely nothing last year. So, I mean, you're you're really rolling the dice with him. And then Will Fuller, who I really – I like Will Fuller a lot when he's healthy, but that's like – not very often, unfortunately. So I, I don't see how you can move Zeke for, for that package there. I, I think you can get a whole lot more for a top five running back, a guy who's been doing it for the past few seasons now too. Um, so I would take Zeke pretty easily here. I just think it's funny that in the description of the, in his actual tweet, <laughs> he's rationalizing why they are trading for Zeke. <laughs> and yeah. it's just like, <laughs> If I can give away a couple of nice shiny nickels and get a nice crisp dollar, I'm going to do that all day. I mean, you're praying that that 2021st, if it's not a top three pick, you're dart throwing that you might get something close to that looks like a distorted mirror version of Zeke. I mean, this is meh. I, all day. Easy, Zeke. Yeah, this is going to be pretty boring. The one thing I'll have to add here is I like to equate players to pick values. And so Zeke, I would have at about four first or maybe 3.5, which is more or less the highest you can get on my scale. But it's made me realize that not all things are created equal. And mm -hmm. I've mentioned this before, that if I'm going to trade a guy like Zeke, I want to be getting, at least as Russ just noted, one guy who has a track record of actual elite production back, not just a few dart throws as much as I like Will Fuller. Uh, Ronald Jones didn't show much. And then, as he said, the first are just kind of lottery tickets. So definitely Zeke for me. Yeah, sweep it. A bird in the hand. Bird, a bird in hand. What, I don't even know the rest of that saying. Anybody? We, we've got it's a, worth two in uh, the bush. Yeah. Worth two it. in the bush? Yeah. What is that? What does that mean? It's, this is, this having is, one of something in your hand is better than the the seen, idea of two somewhere two. else it's, a, it's the old yeah. family guy idea of this mystery box could be anything it could yeah. even be a boat when you want a boat it's the same concept yeah <laughs> okay i like that one way better that i think we need to modernize some of those sayings uh, so i like that one a lot better but yeah anyways it's zeke uh and that one was very heavily in favor of zeke 82 percent um and rather than the side that just made a trade calculator look good. So <laughs> next one at Meyer, M E I E R one, six, four. It's a PPR league. 
Must be one quarterback. And it's DeAndre Hopkins for on Johnson, Christian Kirk, and Cooper Cup. I'm just going to jump in here. I think even if this was super flex, I would still take Hopkins. I mean, I get that's a lot of value on the other <laughs> side, but it, it's DeAndre Hopkins. Right. Yeah. I Yeah, I guess the number of quarterbacks doesn't really affect this one. I mean, it does a little bit because it makes it a little better if it is super flex or two QB, but man, I'm all about nuke on this one. I am, but I'm a little torn because I could see a situation where if you're starting all three of those guys, that outweighs his production. But if you're not starting all three of those guys, then it's obviously Hopkins. And Hopkins is the best in the deal. It's just I could see a team being in a situation where Kirk, Carrion, and Cup are starters for them. But I do know uh, Kirk just had his injury. Cup is coming off an injury. And Carrion hit but he hit kind of late so it is kind of a bet a very risky bet versus a very secure bet in hopkins which pushes me back to the hopkins side i'm just saying the three k's put together is just a little <laughs> yeah <that's... laughs> yeah yeah maybe we should uh, first God, are you kidding me <laughs> there you are James. you just made me feel terrible because i'm going to take that side and <laughs> i was about to say no one can side there. You are. yeah yeah i'm i'm Here's your standard Goodness. issue. I'm taking, hood, by the I'm way, taking the the carry on Johnson, the Johnson Kirk Cooper Which side. side. <laughs> carry on Johnson, Cooper Cup, and Christian Kirk. Um, no, yeah, I'm gonna take that side. I, I I think you guys are right though. Hopkins is definitely the best player in this deal. Um, the only thing I would say is that I think I, I man, do I buy in the Chris uh, in the Cooper Cup and. The Rams offense, I know the Rams are in the Super Bowl without Cooper Cup, so that says something, but that offense has not been even close to the same as it was when Cooper Cup was there. That defense has really stepped up. Uh, Cooper Cup makes a huge difference, man, and they uh, he is uh, Jared Goff is so comfortable with Cup. I just feel like Cup is going to put up decent enough numbers to where what I get from Carrion and Kirk can make up the difference from what I'm losing from Hopkins and some. And I also get a lot of youth here. I mean, Hopkins is still, I mean, he's not old by any means, but he's enter, you know, he's in his prime. But I feel like Carrion and Kirk are guys who are going to be entering their prime, and I'm still high on both those players. So I, I would take the package here, I think. Um, it would be hard to move Hopkins here, but I think I would take the package in this, this instance. Yeah, I mean, it's not bad, don't get me wrong, but I still, I wouldn't, if this is, I, mean, I wish he gave us a amount of teams that would definitely help. 12 Okay, 10, no, 14, sure. I can really start to understand it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that makes sense yeah, to me, too. I almost think in a 14-teamer, it automatically switches to the three players. Yeah. So you guys kind of started drifting in this direction. I'm going to pull us all the way there. Total cop-out time. This, to me, comes down to roster construction. Boo. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. But it, it you just... have to pick a side, John. You can't be Switzerland. Oh man! All right, in we're a, in a vacuum. In a vacuum, I'm sticking with Hopkins. Oh he's, man! In, in this Never format, you don't have he's, to pick a side. he's my number one player. But in uh, I, man, I can't, I can't imagine a scenario where I would be okay going from the weekly floor that you have from Hopkins to the unknown of Christian Kirk and. I mean, Cup has a little bit of a floor, but it's nothing like, like what Hopkins has. So, I mean, you're you're basically, you're taking Hopkins points and you're splitting it up over, you know, two other starting positions. And I can't, 
can't imagine that both of those guys, you know, that the, both of those guys are an upgrade over what you already have beyond Hopkins. But maybe, maybe. That one, by the way, was 60% for DeAndre Hopkins. All right, this one from our buddy T-Mart at Transactionist underscore. It's a Dynasty PPR Superflex. And it's Leonard Fournette and Sony Michelle for David Johnson. And I'm Why don't you go first, John? Me go first. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, I like that too. Uh, <laughs> man. <laughs> Make me go first on the one where I hate everybody involved. Yeah, I'm not uh, really. That's kind of why I threw this away because I don't really know what to say about it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'll go with David Johnson. Normally I want to load up on running backs, but I. I don't want anything to do with Leonard Fournette anymore. Even with the new cycle starting to improve, I just I I just don't even I don't trust his legs, I don't trust his brain, and I don't I don't trust the relationship between him and Tom Coughlin anymore. So, I'm kind of done with Leonard Fournette. I would rather take which I mean for my purposes that pretty much makes it David Johnson or Sony Michelle and got David Johnson just ranked higher that's kind of all there is to it is anyone else hoping that Fournette ends up on the Raiders I feel like that's such a Gruden move and I think it's like a perfect fit I know <laughs> actually yeah that now that you mention it that actually would be a, a really nice fit I, I could see that um just do that they could resign Jalen Richard real cheap it's Fournette's not old enough yet he has another like five or six years his, before he has the player. ankles of an 80 year old I think it'll <laughs> yeah. I think it's okay yeah and the beard of of a of an Amish 70 year old <laughs> yeah, man Amish, so yeah. yeah so I think I think he can pull it off I uh well I'll, I'll go on the record here I I think man I I one of Fournette's value has definitely decreased in my eyes big time um However, I, I'll still take that side. Mainly it's because of how I feel about Sony Michelle. I, I definitely feel like New England's going to start making that transition to running more. I think we've seen it so far in the playoffs a little bit here, and I, I could see that being the trend. Um, you don't have a lot of receiving threats there, uh, uh, and you know Brady is getting older, and I and you know Gronk is probably on his way out. I, I just feel like over the next couple of years, New England becomes a run-first team. I don't know what to make out of Arizona. I don't know how they're going to use David Johnson moving forward. I have no idea how uh, how the coaching staff there is going to use him, really. Um, so I'm a little concerned with that, whereas with Sony Michelle, I'm not as concerned with. I, I would say in a vacuum between those two players, I would rather have David Johnson. However, when you throw in Leonard Fournette, he still has some value to me, and that, that puts me over on that side. So I would take the two shots at the running back as opposed to the one, I guess, is what I'm saying. Where are you guys at, uh, Johnny or uh, Bobby and uh, and Dynasty uh, Outhouse? Where are you guys at? I will echo what you just said, especially because I just realized today that pretty much every Patriots wide receiver not named Edelman is a free agent. So they definitely have a ton of targets opening up that could go to some of the running backs like Michelle or like we talked about earlier with James White. And then Leonard Fournette, while I don't trust his ankles, he does add some value and just by the nature of those two guys being somewhat younger than DJ and being able to take up two spots in your lineup, ideally, I would probably lean towards that side. Okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna cop out, but then I'm gonna give a real answer. 
Um, I own David Johnson in a league or two, and if someone sent me this trade, I would not accept it. But since it's not my team, I'm going to side with the two running backs. <laughs> wow, that is a, that's, that's a very creative cop-out, but yeah, a cop-out nonetheless. Like, he I follow just, his own advice. I've never heard that saying. one before. <laughs> I, uh, I've never trusted Fournette. The fact that he came into the league, he's if he would have just sat out his senior year, I would have liked him more than him limping through it. I think is what it comes down to. And it those ankles scare the hell out of me. And he apparently just, yeah, could have been in better shape this year. Dude, what do you literally get paid to do? I, I, I just, if he moves somewhere else, I'd like him more. Maybe because that'll light a fire under him. Sony Michelle, I like the idea of him. His knees also scare me. David Johnson, that entire offense scares me. Plus, I mean, yeah, he missed last year, but he's 27, which no one ever really seems to notice. But then everyone's like, oh, yeah, but he's 27. Uh, I, to take the side that I thought John would easily be on, I'd take the two stabs instead of the one. Yeah, oh, well, all right. I don't do this very often, but I think that I have to retract my statement and and take that side. Just because – so sometimes I fall into the trap of – I you know once I make this trade I'm stuck with these guys, you know because obviously never stuck with guys. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's the number that, one lesson. Yeah. You're never stuck with anybody. Yeah, I which I've actually I've literally complained to Russ about this that I need I need more active trading leagues, and uh, he's he's working on helping me out with that. But I was gonna say that sounds like Russ is about to open like trade addicts. What is it? A billion? You're <laughs> no, uh, oh, me, me. I'm in. We're at nine hundred, nine hundred ninety-nine thousand, nine hundred ninety-nine. But I'm sure. Oh wait, no, you said billion. Damn. <laughs> right now but i'm sure we'll get to one billion before the season starts yeah so i'm i'm sitting all alone in uh trade addicts one billion right now waiting for the I'll, other 11 i'll take a spot up we we got we got two spots filled now oh man all right i'm out well uh, hey i'll trade you <laughs> okay you can take leonard fournette that's... Yeah, I, dude, I'm gonna take all your running backs because you don't like running backs. So it'll, it's gonna be a match made in heaven. You're gonna trade for running backs and trade them to me for receivers. That's true. And actually, you know what? As much as I argue with Travis, I tend to disagree with you way more. We just yeah. aren't nearly as confrontational about it. You trade me Aaron Jones, I'll trade you everybody else, and uh, everyone's happy. But yeah, you can so, see the wheel spinning for us right now. He's like, "All right, how do I get these two in a league together?" Yeah. <laughs> Bobby, I know you know me that well at this point already, but stop giving away my secrets. Yeah, and also just apologies to Brian Har. Just, I'm sorry you have to hear this. Oh no, our fourth stooge, our champ. Yep. Not no more. He ain't. <sighs> uh. Um, yeah, I'll take I'll I'll backtrack and take the Fournette side, but my God, am I gonna flip Leonard Fournette so fast? He's, yeah, yeah, yeah. The the ink isn't even gonna be dry on the first trade when the second trade goes through. I did a trade recently. I had Kenyon Drake on my team for literally less than four hours. 
nice. <laughs> I, I, I traded Terrell Williams for Kenyon Drake. Um, and then someone offered me Allen Robinson for Kenyon Drake, Vance McDonald's, and Quincy Anuna. And I'm like, yeah. Oh, I mean, I liked having Drake, but not that much. So you turned Tyrell Williams into Allen Robinson. Into, uh, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, with a little bit on top, a little bit, but yeah, nothing worth, worth, I mean, barely even worth mentioning. So yeah, that's a, that's it. To Russ's credit, when I did, uh, for Dynasty, for DLF, I wrote an article from flipping Dumpster to Dynasty about how I took my trash OG Dynasty roster and turned it around. And I averaged something like 20 trades a season and thought, there was possibly no one out there who traded more than I did or turned around and flipped guys as quickly as I did. And then I got in a league with Russ and I realized everything I ever knew about flipping quickly was just wrong. It's funny. Yeah. He invites me to a league and he's like, yeah, the, the trading has been a little slow for the past like month or two. And I'm like, don't worry. I got that. (laughs) It's true. It did change it as soon as he entered the league. All right, so maybe a quick aside. What what's the uh, is is there a strategy behind that outhouse? Do you, I mean, do you feel like it, is it just kind of a volume play, like a numbers a numbers thing for you, or or is it literally just an addiction that it, you're just a junkie? You know, the, I mean, you're, you're the Dave Chappelle. Gym. The real answer is a, a little bit of both. Well, funny enough, the first trade addicts chat room the icon is dave Chappelle, like scratching you know you got any of those trades um (laughs) so yeah no i there are absolutely times it was like last week where i was just like on board i have too many odell beckham shares i want to sell one by you know by the end of the day and i did Mm -hmm. there was for no real reason i just kind of felt like it so i did it uh but during the off season it absolutely is a volume play because during the off season I'm sorry, during the non-point scoring season, you're not scoring points, so it doesn't matter who is on your team. You're not setting a lineup for half a year at this point, more. Mm -hmm. So all you got to do is with every single trade, if you're adding value to your team, you won. That's all that matters. And that means both teams can win. All you got to do is keep adding value, keep adding value, keep adding value, because sooner or later, you'll have enough value to trade to fill your lineups before the season starts. So it, during the non-point scoring season, yeah, it's a volume play. But once the season starts, it's you do whatever you can to make your team better at scoring points. The one caveat I'll add, I traded no, no much caveat. less. Trade I have up. to add it. You can't, you can't add it because you're a trade addict, but I have to add it for you. Is uh, I traded a lot less this season. Part of that was just because I was happy with my team. There does come a point where you can somewhat hurt your team by trading too much. Russ will never say it because it's against his brand. <laughs> oh, but, no, I've absolutely 100% did that, but it just leads to more trading to fix it. Yeah, so, you know, it balances out if you're Russ, but maybe not everybody should trade too much. Really consider the question that Russ mentioned a few seconds ago, which is, does this improve my team? I always ask people flat out, does it improve your team? And if they can't tell me why or how it improves their team when they ask me for advice, then I tell them, don't do it. It's a pretty simple question, but not enough people ask themselves that question yeah when and bobby you were just on the trade addicts podcast and for those who haven't heard it yet i mean definitely go back and and listen to it um it's a it's an absolute clinic on uh multitasking because bobby is clearly both podcasting and uh doing home renovations (laughs) 
at the same time. It, it, that's that's what it sounded like, anyways. But also, Bobby started off the episode with something to me that should be just a, a it, it should be a mantra for every single league. Talking about and this is something that not enough people consider, but just the idea that not only does this trade have to be does this have to be you know make sense for my roster and make sense for you know add value to my roster but it's got to make sense for the other side and that's something that people have a really hard time considering but it just it can shut down negotiations permanently if you keep trying to make trades with somebody that doesn't make any sense for that person and for that person's roster so yeah. yeah, and just one other thing to add before uh, I know we got a bunch of trades to get through, but I flat out at this point, if you, you DM me and ask me if you've won a trade, I will not respond to you. It's just a big pet peeve of mine. I hate the idea of winning trades. It's does it improve your team? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I I've had to bail on some leagues recently, and not only that, I mean, so they're hundred dollar leagues where nobody mm-hmm. really trades and. The the only way you can make a trade is if is by losing that trade, and it's the it, worst. yeah, and it's just like that's that's a whole other. This is a whole other episode. Setting up leagues, we're gonna have to get into that. We're gonna have to talk. Oh, with, I want in on that episode. Yeah, <laughs> we're we're gonna have to to talk to some some commissioner extraordinaires, and I know that both of you guys commission leagues, so uh, we're gonna have to get your thoughts on some of this stuff too, but. Uh, I just, this, this can totally be rhetorical, but I'm just curious what it, what's the, the formula for deciding how much you want your buy-in to be for a dynasty league that you're starting? Because to me, like I said, these are hundred dollar leagues where people aren't trading. People are afraid to do, to, to make any kind of trades. And it's like, how is this worth a hundred dollars? Who did, did anybody actually stop and think about that part of it? But that's a that's a whole other tangent. And like I said, throughout the off season, we're going to have to get into some some of the more meta stuff like that. But um, let's get back to these trades. No, that's a, no, no. We're not getting back. Yet. I want to answer real quick. <laughs> yeah, um, nice. If you've got some, hell yeah, I'll take it. Yeah, no, I have something to answer too. At, at a certain point, it's about the money. Mm-hmm. And I make sure with every single person I let into a trade addicts league, I'm like, this is a this is not a very big amount of money. There's money on the line, A, because a lot of it goes to charity at the end, and B, it's so people take it a little bit seriously and nobody walks away in the middle of the season. Mm-hmm. But this is about fun. So if $42 is the end-all be-all of your financial existence, maybe this league isn't for you. So it comes down to a point where if a hundred dollars and whatever the winnings is, is that much money to that person where, I mean, you always want to win, but it shouldn't be everything to me. This is, this is a game for fun. I mean, I, first of all, I'm in 25 leagues. I can't afford hundred dollar leagues at this point. My wife would freaking kill me, but also because I mean, those aren't the leagues I want to join. I don't want big money, intense, angry people. I want, what we have, you know, the joking around, the ridiculous amounts of trades. If I was in a big money league, I would not be trading 30 times a week. It just, it, I would be way more careful than that. And that's boring. 
Yeah, uh, I'm going to go ahead and just say that Russ stole the thoughts out of my head. I set low buy-in so that it's more fun and friendly, but it keeps people interested. And uh, yeah, again, sorry, Brian. Apparently, we're just on the same wavelength. (laughs) Man, Brian's just lucky that uh, Bobby's in school, I think. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, that was was so cute. But the... (laughs) This ended up being very therapeutic, so I'm I'm glad that we got the power couple on here to to work <laughs> through this with me because this is something I've kind of been struggling with. And and these are leagues that I'm it, they would technically be considered home leagues for me, you know, and and I have to back out of them because yeah, number one, too much money, and number two, not enough action, not enough activity, and it's it's just like this is not worth what you're asking me to pay so all right at some point i'm sure we're going to rush through these trades but i'm derailing even more uh this is something i was saving for my next episode but i'm just going to say it now because we're talking about it never feel bad about leaving a league nope you're you should never be forced to to not have fun trust me even if Hmm. your commissioner acts like a he acts like a dick about it fine i'll say it it doesn't (laughs) he'll get over it he'll find someone else the league will go on don't feel bad like I've like I've seen polls like this. The commissioner was being a jerk about it when I said I was going to leave. Was I right to leave or should I stay? Well, at this point, you're definitely not staying. But second of all, no, you don't want to be there. You leave. It's your money you're putting in. And who cares? Never feel bad. Ninety nine percent of the time, the commissioner does not care. He's happy you're honest. He's happy you're leaving so he can get it to a more active owner that you would be if you were forced to stay there. So never feel bad about leaving a league. It's the only caveat. It's your time, too. I'd just add that. Don't yeah, forget about that. That's true. That is true. And the only caveat I'll add to that is if you're going to leave a league, do it at the right time. Don't do it after you made your rookie draft picks and it's a true. week before the draft and you go, hey, guess what, guys? I, I don't want to come back. Like, you know, I do it at the right time. Like, you know, leave in the off season, you know, uh, or the uh, the non-point season. Um you know, don't don't do it in the middle of the season, or don't do it, you know, right before the season's going to start, and really put your commissioner in a bind. I think that's, um, as a commissioner, that would probably be the only thing I ask from from my league mates is to, you know, normally I get, com- you know, try to get commitments up front, you know, in the uh, in the non-point season. So uh, hopefully um, that helps. But yeah, I, I I would just add that little caveat. If you're going to leave a league, yeah, I I agree. Don't feel bad about leaving a league. It's your money. It's your time. It's everything that you're investing into it. And if you're not having fun, I would definitely not feel bad about leaving it. Just do it at the right time is all. Yeah, it can definitely be a struggle, particularly when it's a home league like you're talking about, John, because that means you know most of those guys personally. The one thing I've found is that when you start playing dynasty leagues, especially when you start playing with people that you've met on Twitter like us, then the expectations for what a league should be like get exponentially higher. And it becomes harder for home leagues in general, it seems, to hit those. So true. How are you feeling, John, right now? Uh, so much. Well, <laughs> still a little conflicted, but uh, definitely empowered. And uh, that's that's never a good thing for a trade show. So <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> with that being said, said, we will get back to it. But, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm happy with that. Uh, that we got sidetracked there because that was to me that was some pretty important stuff and it ended up being pretty cathartic for me so uh thank you for indulging me now 
in in the interest of time, what I think we'll do here is I'll throw these. Well, we'll do one more where we where we just go around the horn like this. But um, from there, maybe we'll just give it to one person and uh, each trade to one person. Um, and if anybody has anything to to add or dispute, then uh, then they can throw that in. But for the most part, we're just going to have one person on each of these trades. Um, so that we can get through as many of them as possible. But this first one, though, this is a there's a little bit more to this than just a simple trade poll. So I do want to throw this to all three of you guys. This is so it, it comes from uh, Felipe Bonfim, and uh, it's a super flex full PPR. He actually has two trade offers for Baker Mayfield and Calvin Ridley, and he's trying to decide which one to take. So rather than just grading these trades, we want to know which of these offers should he take. The first one would be Baker Mayfield and Calvin Ridley for pick 1.01, Dak Prescott and Zay Jones. The second one would be Baker Mayfield and Calvin Ridley for Juju Smith-Schuster. I don't remember First of all, where we Why are you trying to trade away Baker Mayfield? That's the 101 <laughs> right there. That's that's silly. <laughs> that's kind of true. I, I'm actually, so I was about to say with Russ here that I wouldn't be taking either of these offers. I'd want the Mayfield Ridley in both of them. Hmm. I mean, it, okay, if this guy's team is an absolute mess and somehow he ended up with Baker, like maybe he earned that 102 and had nothing else on his team still. Mm-hmm. I think I take the, if he's a good trader, take the one-on-one Prescott and Jones. Cause you could flip all of those pieces if you need to. Well, I'd hold on to Jones. I like him. I've been buying him a lot recently. Uh, Juju. Honestly, it's getting hard to sell studs for me these days. Uh, and especially Juju with what his cost is with the whole uh, Antonio Brown stuff. I can't imagine anyone actually being willing to pay what his price is. So if I need to keep making moves, I take the one-on-one Prescott and say, if I had to take one of these. I agree with that. Yeah, I think if, if I'm giving up a quarterback I, in a super flex league, I, I want to get a quarterback back unless I'm absolutely stacked at that position. Um, I, I would take the 101 Prescott and Zay Jones. Um, I think I would take that deal just because I think Prescott and Mayfield are pretty close in my rankings overall, to be honest with you. Prescott's moved up an awful lot um, over the, the last half of last season. He showed kind of what he did uh, you know, in, in his first season in the NFL. So um, I, I like Prescott a lot more than I think most do. The 1.01, I think you know, in this draft, I think you can get a receiver that's comparable, if not maybe even better than Calvin Ridley, to be honest with you. And and Zay Jones, I like a lot. I think he showed he showed really well in Buffalo, and I like him moving forward. He's still a young player that uh, that I like. So I think I think I, I'm okay with all three of those pieces that I'd be getting back. It's tough to give up Mayfield and Ridley for me, but I think I can do it for that package. Yeah. So, uh, man, I love Juju. Juju is probably my favorite person on earth not fantasy football not fantasy asset not football player favorite person i'll make sure not to tell your wife john yeah forget (laughs) that he said that to me before we started recording she knows that it was in my vows 
So she she's well aware. <laughs> she's always going to come in a distant second to Juju. As upset as Brian Hart probably was at listening to the earlier part of this episode, he's got a smile on his face right now. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so that it makes it really tough to turn down Juju um, because of that, that man crush that I've got. But uh, in a super flex league, I mean, you would have to be really deep at quarterback to move Baker Mayfield and not get a quarterback in return. Because for me, the minimum is super flex. I have to have four quarterbacks on roster. So, yeah, if, if, I mean, if Baker Mayfield is my fifth best quarterback, which on some of my ridiculous rosters, that's actually plausible. But uh, in in most cases, that's he's not going to be your fifth best quarterback, in which case the only way I'm moving him is if I'm getting a quarterback in return. So yeah, the, the Prescott one Oh one Zay Jones would be the best one for me, but ultimately I'm going to go with these guys and say, um, I'm turning both of these down. I will say James was pretty convincing on his, uh, on the other side, especially cause I do actually think that Prescott is a bit underrated, but I'm, it could be kind of what you said about Juju, since I felt similarly about him, but also with Baker. I just like Baker, and I think he has a lot of room to grow. So I probably do give him a bit more value in my head than Prescott, just by the fact that I simply like what Baker brings to the table in terms of the videos that he posts or the fire that he shoots back at guys that come after him. And the way he sense, absolutely but... destroyed Vontez Perfect. The worst person on earth. Oh, yeah, way. that too. That was mm-hmm. that was pretty cool. Um, Bobby, I will tell you this though. I will warn you because, you know, when you fall in love with quarterbacks, they tend to let you down. <laughs> a la Blake Bortles. So you, you might you might want to you might want to just take a few steps back on your love with Baker. Okay, as a Browns fan, I'm I'm I, pl- I implore you, please, don't fall in love too hard. All right. That's fair. For for your sake, I'll try to keep a safe distance. Fair enough. Fair enough. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Yeah, we'll rapid fire the rest of these. So I'll throw it to one person and uh, you can grade the trade for us. And then if anybody else has any comments or anything, go ahead and throw them out. Um, But otherwise, we'll just move on to the next one and uh, and one man all of these. So uh, let's start with Outhouse. This is a PPR trade that actually went through he just wants to know how he did and it's uh peter meyer at m-e-i-e-r-164 and it was keenan allen rashad penny and 220 2021 and dd westbrook for Devonte adams and philip Lindsay. wow i hope he got the keenan allen side i mean i love Devonte adams but that's a lot yeah <laughs> Um, okay, but I will just say it should not – this is – wait, one, two, three, four, five. Five for two, uh, that's – man. If you're doing a five for two, you're either compiling value or horribly overpaying. This is horribly overpaying. And it's only three actual players taking up roster spots too. Yeah, so. There's – I see, yeah, I see no bright spot. Plus, I'm not really, I'm worried about Lindsay. I'll, I'll just say that to be nice. <laughs> yeah, the the wrist injury could 
could uh, could be an issue. Well, the wrist injury and the coaching changeover and zero draft stock. Nah, I'm not worried about that stuff. Yeah, now you're doing the Travis impression. <laughs> I, I mean, we've seen it before. Uh, the coaches come in and they want their guy. And if the the person that isn't their guy costs no money just to throw away, they throw him away. Jeremy Langford says hello. Every yeah. Oh God, that would su- is is that who uh, who's who Vic Fangio is going to bring with him? Oh, there you go. They've got history. <laughs> <laughs> or uh, what's his name? Uh, Kyle Scangarello, Steve Scangarello. I don't even know the offensive coordinator's name yet. I think you're making stuff up now. From the, the yeah, I mean maybe he brings someone from the 49ers with him, but it, it, as it stands, I mean. It's Royce Freeman and Philip Lindsay, and neither one has any kind of allegiance from the the new coaching staff. So, um, and it unless that part changes, I mean, I, I've still got Philip Lindsay over Royce Freeman. Um, I don't like I said, I don't think that there's any kind of loyalty there. That makes me sad. I loved Royce Freeman. Yeah, what do you think? This was supposed to be rapid fire. Keep going. <laughs> Damn it. Damn it. We always suck at rapid fire. Every that was time such I a see... Travis answer, Dynasty Outhouse. That was such a Travis answer. <laughs> Draft stock and loving Royce Freeman all in the same breath. Oh, all right. Yeah, man, if only Eric Ebron was involved. Oh, goodness. 13 <laughs> touchdowns this season, guys. Let's That's go. All Let's I'm go. Saying. No, what's next? What's next, John? Let's go. Uh, all right. This is actually... I maybe should have gave this one to Outhouse because I'm not sure where he stands. I'm going to give it to Bobby, though, because I do know where he stands on one side of this, and I want to know how he feels overall. This is Oh, this is the one that ruined my weekend, by the way. This was, <laughs> this, this was the Charlie Foxtrot that, that kept me on my stupid phone all... Uh, all weekend. So this is a 12 team super flex PPR Josh Rosen or pick 1.05 and uh 2020 first. It's projected to be late, but uh I'm not it's it's way don't too soon. Yeah, yeah, don't do that. Um so that's it's Dynasty all day sent us this one. Yeah, uh I mentioned in the Twitter thread that this gave me the kick in the butt I needed to finally write an article about Josh Rosen that I've been planning for a bit. Uh, I submitted that to DLF, so it should be out within the next few weeks or so. But honestly, in doing the research, I will fully admit that it's mostly narrative-based. It is also based somewhat on uh, Sean Slavin. I think it's at Slavin22 on Twitter, if I'm correct. Uh, He did some research on... I can't even pronounce it right, so I'm just going to spell it out. T-A-N-Y-A, which has to do with his version of average net yards. And basically what I'm saying is Sean is a very smart QB evaluator. Some One quick tidbit that I'll spoil from the article is in his models, which are both rookie readiness and long-term model, over the past, I believe it was 15 years, there have been two players that have scored below 20% in their rookie readiness and over 80% in the long-term model. And those two players were Jared Goff and Josh Rosen. So that made me feel a little bit better about it. I'm not saying that Goff or Rosen has the same situation as Goff, but it did make me feel better that someone I consider a very smart QB evaluator seemed to think that 
he w- wasn't going to be ready as a rookie, but he still has at least some hope for him as a long-term guy. Nice. Uh, yeah. Uh, okay. So I actually am glad I gave that one to Bobby so that uh, we could plug the article real quick. <laughs> it, it might actually be out by the time this uh, this episode drops. So you could read the article while you're listening to the podcast and uh, get absolutely nothing out of either one of them. Um, but you, uh, you should definitely read that article. That thing is going to be so important. Uh, and make sure you check out, uh, Sean's work. I know he's just released a bunch of, uh, QB related guide that he posted on uh, his Twitter feed. So make sure you check that out. One quick thing I will say, I was very quick to choose Rosen here, but if you could get Dwayne Haskins at one Oh five and Haskins lands on my New York giants, I could see it going that way. It's a risk, though, that you'd take. So I'd want the known QB in Rosen, but I understand the other side more than I initially said on Twitter. Is anybody taking the pick side? Because Twitter absolutely did. No, I'd want one of them to be earlier for me to be willing to do it. I, I'm sticking with Rosen. Mm-hmm. I'm the same. I'd, I'd take Rosen. Yep, sweep it. Yeah, Twitter had that one, though. More than three to one. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Twitter loves them picks. I don't get to fight anybody. <laughs> yeah, sorry, man. Um, all right, next one. We'll, this one actually came to me, but I want to throw this to, over to James. So this is uh, doesn't say any specs on the league, but this is from Andreas, and it's Russell Wilson or Corey Davis, Austin Hooper, 2019 pick 13 and a 2020 second that's projected to be late yeah i in the comments we learned that it's a super flex league and um that just makes it a slam dunk for me it's it's russell wilson i i mean you're you're offering me a a wide receiver who hasn't proven anything in his first couple years in the league and Corey davis um austin hooper just had his first decent season this past season um, after a few years that, that he was down uh, the 2.01 in, in this year's draft and a late 2020 second, it, that, that's not nearly enough for me to give up uh, Russell Wilson in a two QB or, or super flex league. So um, especially because in the comments, we learned that this, uh, this person also has Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen. So when you can team up Patrick Mahomes and Russell Wilson in a super flex league, you're winning, and uh, and you're not getting nearly enough for Russell Wilson in that uh, in that deal. So, uh, I'm keeping Russell Wilson here, and I I don't think it's particularly close. Anyone disagree? Can one of you guys sing the gospel of you should have more than two starting quarterbacks on a super flex roster? Because that's what this is. This guy feels safe with Mahomes and Allen, and was selling Russell Wilson. Yeah, and that that ain't right. Yeah, exactly. What happens on bye weeks? And that's that's if. You know, you get lucky enough that Mahomes and Josh Allen don't have the same bye week. Or get injured. Or get injured, yeah. Right, right. Yeah, so, I, I mean, I I personally would like to have a, a quarterback in my super flex position at all times. That's part of why I overdraft them, and that's part of why I set my minimum at four because that, that pretty much guarantees that I'll have, you know, a quarterback – in the super flex position at all times, except for those extreme circumstances where everyone's getting hurt or buys hit just right. The worst situation to be in, in a super flex league 
is when you don't have a quarterback because you had two, maybe three, you know, two two solid starters and maybe a third guy who was in and out, you know, like like a Ryan Fitzpatrick, a guy who who was starting a little bit and then not starting and, you know, was benched. And you have to go to the waiver wire and like blow a bunch of fab money on Brock Osweiler. Like that <laughs> that sucks so much because you have to do it. You have to have a quarterback in that that flex spot if you're gonna have any chance of winning. And like that is the worst position to be in. So don't, Real quick, don't be that guy. Uh, we made so Zach and I in uh, Ryan McDowell's kitchen sink made the conference championship, and we had a few quarterbacks. We even traded one away because we had four, and we were confident that we didn't need four. And in the conference championship, because we had pretty much all of our quarterbacks get hurt, and two of our three quarterbacks were Alex Smith and Jimmy Garoppolo, we were starting, uh, it was either C.J. Bethard or something like that in the quarterback position. So, yeah, definitely uh, a horror story for you, and you want to have that insurance. Woof. And things like, I mean, Nick Mullins ended up being a decent option. Ryan Fitzpatrick was in and out of the lineup. And then, of course, BDNF at the end of the season. It kind of gave people a false sense of security that you can you can find those quarterbacks and they're going to be viable. And that's rarely the case. Yeah. Also, Russell Wilson's just a god. Listen to Open Bar <laughs> if you want to know more. Nice. <laughs> He's also pretty dreamy looking too, isn't he, Bobby? Yeah, but he's not the most handsome quarterback. We all know who yeah. that is. Yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, but on the Wilson love, the uh, the beard is back on Mr. Wreck. So, next trade, and uh, this is from our buddy Ryan. And I'm going to give this one to Outhouse. 14-team Superflex. That's, that might be too many teams for a Superflex, by the way. Start two tight ends, tight end premium. And uh, this is a rebuild team with Tyreek Hill. So is it Tyreek Hill or 103, 110, and Mike Williams? What do you think, Outhouse? Real quick, I'm in a 16-team Superflex League. Woof. It is insane. Ouch. Yeah. There, if you can have three quarterbacks, you are king. Um, <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Uh, but task on hand. Um, I get what you got to do. If all you have is Tyreek and you're rebuilding, you need to sell him for pieces. I want better pieces. Uh, Tyreek has thrown himself, if not first round uh, startup status, not that far off of it. I need something solid back. I need someone who can score me points. I mean, 110 is less than a 50% hit rate. And... Mike Williams, I like the dude. He's redundant in that team, even after Terrell Williams leaves, because he's a fast tight end, more or less, because he's a really big dude who can catch contested balls. I like him. He's good. But like, if Hunter Henry was gone, maybe he would be better. But Hunter Henry's coming back. I keep Tyreek. He's super young. Try and build around him if you can. But if he's literally the only asset you have, feel free to trade him, but get something. One piece needs to be better. Even if it's a change out that 103 for a player that's worth the 103. Just trying yeah, to think of someone on the fly and it didn't come to my brain. So I don't want to sit here in silence. So, <laughs> But yeah, no. If you're trading a stud, you need a stud back. That's what it comes down to. Or 
a star, let's just say, because that's like a level below stud, I guess. You can't trade a stud for picks. It's it's bad business. Yeah, that's that's kind of true. And Bobby and I were talking earlier today uh, in our in our one on one chat just about hit rates and uh, that the just just the the likelihood or the the not even a likelihood necessarily, but there's a strong possibility that you miss on both of those picks. And then you just gave away your one tradable asset. I will say though, in the in the comments, I actually said that I would take the pick side. So I guess I better defend that. Totally and... wasn't going to call you out on it, but I saw that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, someone was going to call me out. I don't. I I couldn't. I couldn't imagine myself getting <laughs> through that. But um, so yeah, I figured I'd just I'd just get it out of the way. My concern is Tyree Kill seems like. A regression candidate for me for so many reasons the number one being that pat mahomes is the regression candidate number two being you know sammy watkins with a full year uh, and a full bill of health um with the with the chiefs and then just the way tyree kill does it as much as i and i you know that's that's not to take too much away from what tyree kill has been able to do in his first three years in the league, but it it feels to me like a year from now we're going to be talking about Tyree Kill. You know, it, it, we're going to have him value quite a bit lower than where we've got him right now, and uh, it feel it makes this off season feel like a little bit of a sell window for me. I yes, I agree as well, but get something better. <laughs> That's fair. Uh, I actually. Couldn't disagree more. I think that his value will be about the same next season. Really? Yeah. I mean, granted, he did have 12 touchdowns, which I'm not sure we'll repeat, but a young asset who will have, at the moment, he has back-to-back over a 1,000-yard receiving seasons. I think he'll probably have something close to that next season. Three in a row at his age is pretty ridiculous, and he'll be tied to Mahomes for a long time. There's some rumors about contract issues coming up with him and the Chiefs trying to fit him in in the cap. But Sammy Watkins actually has an out in his contract right when Tyreek Hill would need a new contract. And if I'm the Chiefs, I'm keeping Hill over Watkins all day, every day. Yeah, I'd, I'd still take Hill over Watkins. I just, I, I, I'm concerned that Watkins is going to cut into his work, but it's. I guess I would say I. I'm sorry, John. I, I guess I would just say that <laughs> here comes a completely unbiased opinion. I think I think his. Uh, no, I'm sorry for interrupting you, John. Oh, is oh, what okay. I was going to say. Don't apologize. Think, that's what you do think, on this pod. Yeah, that, well, that's that's, that's what Travis does. Very true. But, uh, yeah, I'm not used to this. Uh, no, but I I I guess I would say that I agree with Outhouse in the fact that I just think his value right now is higher. So regardless of whether or not I'm looking to deal him or not, I think I could get more for him. So I think I think I could do better than this deal if I'm going to move Tyreek, regardless of whether or not he's going to be a regression candidate. I think his value at this time is high enough to where I don't think I would take that deal because I think I could get more. At least I think I could get a better, a more proven commodity than Mike Williams along with those picks. I like that James apologizes for a totally reasonable take. I know, I know. It, that's not what I was expecting at all. In fact, I I I fully agree with everything you just said there. Uh, I'm just surprised that Sammy Watkins came out of that conversation unscathed. Um, 
but because he did, <laughs> I'm going to take that and run and go. You to have the next no grid. idea. You have no idea. He could have suffered an ankle injury. I'm going to check Roto World right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you hate Sammy Watkins. It's so crazy. Okay, uh, this next one's from You'll Go Favre. I love that play on words. I'm going to toss this one to Bobby. It's a 12-team Superflex Dynasty full PPR. Cam Newton and James Washington. Or Drew Brees, Marlon Mack, and pick 1.07. So I'm not going to lie. I've seen in the Twitter poll results, in my opinion, this is actually the hardest one that we've had yet. I say that because Brees has said he's coming back for another year. Uh, I do value Cam more than Brees, but Cam does have his shoulder issues, although we did see that it's lesser than Luck's injury and Luck was okay. James Washington might be about to explode if Antonio Brown goes somewhere else. Marlon Mack, I pretty much have to say that I like now, or Peter Howard at PA Howdy on Twitter will like murder my family. And uh, pick 107, as we've talked about, is a lottery. I think just because of the value of the quarterbacks, I would take the cam side and hope that James Washington explodes or that I could sell him to someone that thinks he's going to explode. But I definitely am a bit torn on this trade. Cool. So everybody just agrees. Great. Moving on. <laughs> I thought we were rapid firing. I thought we were just going to you know, say, okay, and move on. Well, if you I disagree, just... you can disagree. Yeah, I'm, I think it's easily the Max, uh, Breeze and Max side. Twitter um, agrees with you, by the way. Uh, James Washington or the 107? Washington. Well, Superflex is tougher, but yeah, I'm still going to go Washington. I'd probably no, take... The 107. You might be changing my mind. It's really just that I value Cam so much more than I value Breeze at this point in their careers. I get uh, just to me 107 easily over Washington and Breeze and Mac over Cam. It's value wise. I think it's just the Breeze size is better. Breeze side is better. That's how you say that in English. Yeah, I just rather be secure at my quarterback position rather than playing it year to year. I think Cam probably has three to five more seasons at least. Whereas Breeze is a year-to-year proposition at this point. And so if you're set at quarterback, as I've discussed with John, and I know he agrees because he's the biggest quarterback advocate out there, <laughs> you can, uh, if you're set at quarterback, you can use your draft picks on other positions that are easier to hit on than quarterback. Yeah, very true. All right, well, John, what do you think of this one? Oh, man. Um. Yeah, this is this is really tough because anything involving Cam Newton, Kareem Hunt, kind of Antonio Brown—that's all stuff that I don't I don't even want to touch right at the moment. There's there's just and Drew Brees honestly is is in that same camp. I I don't. It, it sounds like he comes back, but without knowing for sure, we don't know for sure about Cam's shoulder. I guess I'll take the Breeze side because you're more likely to have a quarterback. But I, I mean, it, all things. If if we had more information, it would pretty easily be Cam and and James Washington. I've got. I would take James Washington over 1.07 personally. I think he was pretty close to that, anyways. In uh, in the 2018 draft, and now. A year later, and he's about to step into a starting role. Yeah, I, it, it he feels a lot safer to me than making that pick. And then uh, Marlon Mack covers the difference between uh, 
uh, Drew Brees and Cam Newton for me. Next question. <laughs> Come on, rapid fire, guys. Rapid fire. Let's go. Let's go. Twitter's still loading so slow. I said rapid fire, Twitter. All right, okay, here we go. K- I am K Myers. This one's going to James, by the way. Uh, trade I made before the season last year. Just want to see the results now in a Dynasty 12-team Superflex. AJ Green, George Kittle, Ronald Jones for Melvin Gordon and Matt Ryan. What do you think, James? Yeah. Dude, give me give me Matt Ryan and Melvin Gordon uh, pretty easily here. Um, I'll take the quarterback in a super flex league who just had a fantastic fantasy season, and he's not. it's not like Matt Ryan's old. Um, he's still got years of production coming up from him. He's got elite playmakers around him, so I really like Matt Ryan. And, and you get Melvin Gordon, who's just a touchdown hog there in L.A. Uh, for the Chargers, and he has been for a while, um, and that, that hasn't ceased to be. So... Um, you can kind of count on that. Whereas the other side, you're getting an aging asset in AJ Green, um, a guy who looks like he's slowing down and injuries are catching up to him. You have Ronald Jones, who hasn't proven anything. And while I love George Kittle, I'm not trading for a tight end. I just I don't value the position as much as I do quarterback and running back, especially in Superflex. So I'm going to take Melvin Gordon and Matt Ryan pretty easily here. Oh man. Okay. So I started to uh, I this is this is a stroke of brilliance on my part. I started loading the next one while james was talking on the the current one and uh that's that's why i am america's podcast host but the problem is it was we already discussed it we already talked about so it. john since it's your question anyway i loaded all of them so i'm taking over briefly as host nice and uh this one is for you so it's ppr dynasty melvin gordon or adam Thielen and derrick henry oh good one okay uh, and by the way, that comes from B. Scully. Yeah, I'll say this. I think that I probably believe in Derrick Henry more than most people. So I'll take the Adam Thielen side, Adam Thielen and Derrick Henry. I think that you're getting a wide receiver one, low-end wide receiver one in Thielen. And you're certainly not going to get the same production out of Derrick Henry that you got out of Melvin Gordon. But you combine... The two upgrades that you just got, Thielen and Henry, and I think they're going to more than cover Melvin Gordon's productivity. True, yep, I'm on board with that. Nice. Yeah, I'm I'm good with that too. Whoa, I'll take Melvin Gordon. Oh, damn it, outhouse. Just saying. <laughs> Why? I, I two straight. <laughs> two straight podcasts i've been saying and adam i i just i can't oh. ride the adam thielen train anymore oh okay so it's an anti adam thielen and jake anderson I, is gonna I, kill him at our uh, february meetup it's it's <laughs> true I, i've already gotten angry gifs um disrespect i can hear it now <laughs> no but like adam thielen but both and derrick henry but that's another story um Old guys get tired has been my mantra for Adam Thielen for the past two podcasts. Uh, he slowed down. That offense changed, and he is the odd man out. Uh, he, Not to say he's bad or did poorly. He still scored points. He just wasn't the low-end wide receiver one anymore to the second half of the year. And it seems like that's what the offense wants to be because what happened the second half of the year? Delvin Cook came back and started running the ball. And what also happened... Stefan Diggs started scoring points. I, mean, I think that's what the team wants to be. So, I, I mean, I'm a little worried about Adam Thielen. And 
Derrick Henry, I I can't do it anymore. I I've I've ridden that roller coaster since drafting him in the rookie draft, and I was the Titans man. I am so burned by the by these Titans this year that I just I can't do it anymore. So give me give me the stud in Melvin Gordon, and someone talk before I start crying. <laughs> 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 all right. I think we were all burned by the Titans, Russ. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, one more. And uh, so this is from Chris Moxley at Chris Moxley19. James White, on Johnson, and 2019 1.02. That's the package for Devontae Adams. So what I want here Outhouse and Bobby on three. Either Adams or Package. One, two, three. Adams. Adams. Nice. Also, can I just point out that we had, what, like 80% of our trades involve on Johnson somehow? Yeah. Yeah, that's true. I mean, it's, to be to be fair, I am trying to buy him now, but yeah, not for this. Yeah, Outhouse, you're pretty familiar with Daryl Bevel, I would assume. So is is, yeah. is is that what we're what we're talking about here? It's really, I mean, yeah, kind of. Uh, Matt Patricia not only has he said that he wants it to be more of a run friendly offense, he's shown it. Because even after Carryon Johnson went down, he was throwing Legarrette Blunt out there way too many times. So and yeah, Bevel. He's not necessarily a run-first coordinator. He's just super not creative, which leads to running the ball more. So, yeah, I mean, I'm not a fan of the guy. I just, ugh. But I think it shows that he wants a vanilla offense, and vanilla offense usually means running the ball more. His run-run pass, uh, first down, second down, third down, on every single offensive possession should work well for carry-on. It's. Ugh. I thought we were trying to stop me from crying from last question. Now we're just making it work. <laughs> I, I was trying to encourage it, to be honest. I think you need a good cry. You look like it. I feel like we need to get uh, our resident brains input on this one. Uh, get his voice out here one last time before we wrap this up. So, James, tell us what you think on this one. I, I'm gonna be pretty boring here because I totally agree with uh, with Bobby and with uh, with Outhouse. I I think it's Devontae Adams and I don't. I mean, the package is what it is. It's it's pretty much centered, in my opinion, around Carryon Johnson. And um, while I like Carryon, I don't I don't know that that's that that package is nearly enough for for me to move off of Adams. Um, you know, Carryon in the 1.02. You, you might be able to get a decent receiver there, but I, I mean, you're really rolling the dice thinking that you're going to get a Devontae Adams. I don't I don't see it. So I'd take Devontae Adams for sure here. Fair enough. Yet another sweep. Sweet. We, we handled those boys and uh, really appreciate both Outhouse and Bobby coming on. Thank you guys for joining us, um, both your second times. And uh, it was nice to watch the the sparks between you two as well we it, being the voyeurs that me and james both are yeah for those who don't know uh neither james <laughs> nor john have their video on and both russ and i do are sorry outhouse as they keep calling him and uh so they've just been watching us this whole time 
who knows what they've been doing, but yeah, <laughs> they definitely are boys. Hands, hands on the table. All right. I got my feet right. on the table too, if that helps. <laughs> it might just, yeah, that might that might be a new uh, in addition to that. All right, we will wrap it up there for the week, but make sure to check out the Trade Addicts podcast if you're not already at Dynasty Outhouse on Twitter and always send him those trades. He's he when he's not making his own trades, he loves talking about your trades. So hit him up and then we're sending him off back off to grad school and we're going to miss him dearly. Um, but he'll be back and he'll be around. Bobby Koch at R-E-K-E-D Fantasy. Watch for that Josh Rosen article coming soon. And uh, the Super Smash Brothers article recently dropped as well, right? Right, Bobby? Yep, and that's over on 2QBs.com. So awesome comps on some quarterbacks and uh, video game characters. So um, that one uh, that one connects with all of us. We were saying off air, I have no idea on the superheroes, but he comes with uh, comes back with the Smash Brothers, and I'm uh, I'm all in. So, anyways, thanks guys, thanks for coming on and helping us work through these trades. Yeah, thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks, man. Let's do this again next week. <laughs> yeah just kick travis off the show we'll take over his spot between the two of us deal <laughs> nice i mean we love you travis uh, you guys got to start growing a beard then because i gotta have a beautiful beard to look at <laughs> my, <laughs> man, my, mine growing out it, it ain't beautiful i'm just gonna say mm-hmm. that it's like a week and a half i'll work on it give me like a year let him go All through right. puberty first yeah. travis you got one year and then you're replaced buddy <laughs> <laughs> Thanks again, guys, for coming on. We will wrap it up there for the week. And as we do that, I ask you for the same quick favor to subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen to podcasts, if you haven't done that already. And if you have, give us a rating and review, if you would. It helps us to expand our reach and grow our audience and really help us zero in on the topics that are the most useful to you, the listener. You can also subscribe to the DLF family of podcasts, the Mega Feed, and get access to all of the great podcasts from DLF, including the Trade Addicts podcast featuring Mr. Outhouse himself, along with his partner Brian Haar. And again, send us send your trades on Twitter. It's at Superflex Show. You can also send it to any one of us individually. Travis is at Travis NFL. James is at underscore James the Brain, and I'm at Superflex Dude. Send us those trades and we can retweet them, help you get more votes and more comments. And again, sometimes we bring them right here on the podcast and uh, analyze them with our friends. So, yeah, go ahead and uh, send those over and uh, we're, we're always happy to help with that and always happy to hear from our listeners and uh, what's going on in your Superflex leagues. Thank you to Heart and Soul Radio for the song The Addiction that we use as our intro and outro music. Thank you to Dynasty Outhouse at Dynasty Outhouse on Twitter. Thank you to Bobby Koch at R-E-K-E-D Fantasy. And above all else, thank you to each and every one of you for listening. Until next week, stay sexy and super flexy.